<laughs> Amen. Amen. The force was with you, brother. Come on. I said that because of his shirt. The Holy Spirit was with you. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, we are going to be uh, jumping into, well, not a, a new series, but a part of a series that I started working on um, on Psalm 23. We're just going to be um, looking at the first verse of Psalm 23 today. And then next week, Nathan is going to, going to preach um, an entirely different message. We just feel like we wanted to break things up a little bit in between um, series. And uh, the following week, uh, Tom and I are going to start a new series on heaven. And so I hope that you guys will um, will be here for that. Uh, Tom has been praying over that and working on that and studying heaven for about a year. So uh, it's going to be amazing. Give me one second. All right. So we're looking at... Okay, um, I'll live with that. But um, so yeah, we're going to be looking at uh, Psalm 23 this morning. You know, David knew that God was worthy to be trusted, right? And that God stood alone as his provider. And I pray that we will come away this morning with that thought as well, that God stands alone as your provider. Yeah. You know, imagine a traveler journeying through this vast and challenging landscape, right? And, and the traveler, much like each of us in our life's journey, he encounters various terrains, right? Various terrains in this valley, some are green and lush, others, as you can see, on the right side of, of, of that uh, image, others are rocky and treacherous, right? Sometimes in our lives we go through that, right? We're, we're in a valley, and it, it may look lush and green and nice, but then there's some, some things in our lives in the valley that are just rocky, amen? And as a traveler moves forward, comes across a deep valley, that's shadowed and daunting. And this traveler might feel lost, right? They may feel unsure of where to step next. Okay, we're, we're in this valley and things are just very difficult. It's rocky, it looks grim, and you just don't know where to step next. You don't know where to go next. You don't know what to do next. Fearing what lurks in the shadows. And then here comes the presence of a shepherd. And his presence changes everything. Or his presence is supposed to change everything. And a shepherd, the shepherd appears and he's walking ahead of these travelers. As a shepherd should. And throughout the sermon, we're going to return to this traveler and their journey through the valley. 
And we're going to parallel it with our own life experiences. Um, we'll explore how, just like the traveler trust, trusting in the shepherd's guidance to navigate through the valley, we can trust in God, Amen. our shepherd, to lead us through life's toughest moments. And you know, we're going to be looking at Psalm 23, but first what I want to do, we're going to be looking at Psalm 23, verse 1, I'm sorry, but first what I want to do is I want to read, and if you can open your Bibles for this, I want to read all of Psalm 23 to set some context. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe in Psalm 23 that God is your shepherd? You know, in the illustration that we're talking about here, the traveler represents us going through this valley. And the journey symbolizes our life's path that we go through. You know, through the illustration, we understand the difference, the different aspects of God's role as a shepherd, his, his guidance during uncertain times, his provision in our, in our needs and in our times of need, his constant presence even when the path seems dark and perilous, he is there to provide for you. Yeah. Now we can be sitting here this morning feeling like that does not seem to be the case. But the word of God is never untrue. Everyone faces their own values. My values may be different from yours. There are things that I may look at as, as, as a valley, and you may not. There are difficult times that I may be going through, and you may look at that and say, bro, calm down. It's not that bad. <laughs> but vice versa. But it's your valley that you are going through, that you are traveling through. We're travelers in this journey of life, journeying through a valley. And it represents just the difficult times in our lives, the challenges in our lives, whatever that may be for you, and the moments of uncertainty and fear and hardship, whatever that may be for you. 
I am no one to tell you that your hardship is not so bad. If you are having a hard time, that is your hard time. I have no place to tell you that it's not so bad. <laughs> you know, we have, I think that communal experiences of difficulty can foster unity. And it can foster a shared understanding within the church community. That's why I love our Wednesdays when we talk about good news and prayer requests because we're sharing these experiences. We're sharing these experiences of joy and of God doing amazing things in our lives, but we're also sharing the valleys and what God can do in those valleys. And I want to encourage you to share those things in a communal setting. Because you know what? We may think, oh man, that's so discouraging. No, it's not, because it's majorly encouraging when God does something about it. Are we sharing those things together? You know, a flock stays close to their shepherd. But guess what? They all still stay stay close to each other. When you see a flock in a valley and their shepherd, he's leading them. They're together. You may have that one out of a hundred, right? That strays away a little bit. But the the fact of the matter is they're usually together. And that's something important for us to consider as a church. Are we sharing these things with each other? Are we experiencing these things with each other? It's difficult when when one person in a church is going through something and nobody knows about it, and then all of a sudden when it hits rock bottom, that's when you find out. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, oh, there's there's a spark under the house. I don't tell anybody, though. But when the house comes burning down, that's when we're like, hey, uh, somebody have water? (laughs) How close do you think you are to your shepherd this morning? How close do you think you are to the rest of the flock? In Psalm 23, starting in verse 1, as we read, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. And in the ESV version, it says, I shall not want. Yeah. NIV says, the Lord is my shepherd. Guess what? I lack nothing. Do you believe that? Huh. Do you believe you lack nothing? And this is not a prosperity thing, y'all. <laughs> When we seek God's way, he will give us everything we need to accomplish it. Amen. Mm -hmm. This is not about your wants. This is not a matter of the fact that I want some Jordans. It's not a matter of, it's not like, oh, my my car is sputtering, you know, I need another car. No, it's not a matter of that. What do you need in order to fulfill the will of God? What do you need? That's what it depends on. That's what he's talking about here. First, I think, yeah, we need good health, right? That's that's part of it, yes. 
Those are things to pray for. We can we can pray for ways to get around. But is it for your benefit or for God's? That's what I think is important to consider. You know, in the ancient Near East, kings were commonly known as shepherds. Shepherds of their people. And since the Lord is our true king, that title, shepherd, is most appropriate for him. He is our king, he is our God, and he is indeed our shepherd. In Psalm 31, as as we read, we, we understand that David's clear identification of the Lord is what? As his shepherd. It's very clear. That's how David identified him. Like, the Lord is my shepherd. Amen. And that sets both David and the Lord in contrast to, to the worldly gods and care given to their followers. Very different. Right? When we think of people that we elevate in the world, they take care of you like God does. They watch over you like God does now. The things we idolize and we make it our gods, can we call those our shepherds? We idolize a lot of things, guys. God is our shepherd. Throughout this entire psalm, this is all the Lord is described as being. The Lord is described as being your shepherd. So it doesn't mean that you follow in front of him. You follow behind him. Because he is our shepherd and so we will lack nothing. We have all we need. But everything that comes from scripture that you hear in a message like this, it's whether you believe it or not. That's what makes the difference. It's not just nice words we're hearing. It's words that can change your life. And do you believe it? Because, Because he's our shepherd, again, we like nothing. It's vastly different than having everything we want, isn't it? Needs are different than wants. Yeah, why? We want a whole lot of things. But do we need it? Yeah. Right? We, but then there are things that we want that we need too. We want world peace. We need world peace. There's some of us that want certain types of food, but you need those certain types of food. Question. Not this season. <laughs> <laughs> right? But wants are not necessarily what you need. He is both God and shepherd. And so as shepherd, what does he do? He guides us. God gives guidance during the times that are so uncertain. You know, I, I, I was when I was working on this, 
So I, I started working on the outline for the ser a series on Psalm 23, probably in about a, and I put it away. And then recently I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking about God guiding my life during uncertain times. And, you know, I read, I, we've all read this song, we don't just know it by heart, right? But when you consider God being your shepherd, like if you were just to isolate that verse and just really pray about it and think about it and think about the ways that God has guided your life. Now we may think that we have everything to do with coming out of valleys and dealing with it. No. God is the one guiding your life. If you allow it. But also, also a shepherd provides for your every need. Yeah. There's nothing sheep can do for themselves, really. Right? And he provides for them. Sometimes I think that we think we need everything on our own. And he's always there. The shepherd is always there. Amen. He sleeps with his sheep. He is always there. Mm -hmm. Even when the path seems dark and perilous, he is there. Mm -hmm. Some of us are going through some things in our lives right now. He is there. Mm -hmm. He is not absent from your life. Sometimes we, we say, oh, I'm so lonely. No, you're not. It's because you don't know that he's there. Mm -hmm. You, you're ignoring his presence while you feel lonely. He's there. He's always there. He wants to be there. He wants to take care of you. He wants to provide for your needs. But are you acknowledging his presence? When you're going through your issues and things seem grim and, and cloudy and dark, are you saying, The Lord is my shepherd? He's here. Or are we ignoring his presence? This shepherd is experienced. He has so much more experience than we do. Amen? Thank goodness. He is experienced in taking care of us. He's experienced in watching over us. Yeah. But yet sometimes we don't acknowledge his presence. He's knowledgeable about the valleys and the challenges in the valleys because he walks in every day. He takes care of others in those same valleys every day, but are we acknowledging his presence to do that? Sometimes we think our issues are so unique. They're not unique. But he's there, looking to help, looking to take care of you. He carries a staff which symbolizes guidance, sometimes even protection. The rod is more for the protection part. But he carries the staff to guide you along the way. And sometimes he has to tap you a little bit to get you going the right direction. But we don't like that, do we? The Bible says discipline is painful. But at the proper time, there's a harvest for that. 
How do we feel about God's discipline? How do we feel about the shepherd disciplining us? It's important to get us on the right path. Some of us may be straying away, whether it be in our hearts, in our minds, whatever, spiritually, and we stray away and the shepherd goes, back that way, buddy. And we take offense. Gosh, life is so hard for me. Yeah, but guess what? Shepherd is there. Some of these things that we go through sometimes, I'm convinced that is disciplining thoughts. That our shepherd is disciplined, is, is putting us through discipline that we need. Amen. You know, the intentionality of God is on display in this song. And for many, the task of asking God to, to provide involves knowing what God longs to do with your life. If we know what God longs to do in our life, it's going to adjust how we pray. It's going to adjust what we ask for. It's going to adjust our needs. What does God want for you in your life? And that raises the question of whether God cares enough to act on your behalf. Because when you know what God wants to do in your life, when you're thinking about that and you're praying about that, you're going to ask the question, does God care enough to act on my behalf? Especially if things don't happen on your timeline. There you go. And I pray this morning that we do know that God indeed cares that Are we going are we going after what God longs to see in our life? Or are we looking going after what we want to see in our life? Look, there's a lot of things that we aspire to have. A lot of desires, but is that what God wants for you? You know, before we, we moved to, to Huntsville, we weren't quite convinced yet that this is where we needed to be. And I remember Claudette looking for, for jobs there in Orlando, jobs that she should have gotten like that. And one after the other, God just shut the doors. One after the other. And it just became so clear and evident. God's like, look, you're moving. <laughs> this is what I want for your life. And you're moving. <laughs> because I know, I know if she got the job, some of the jobs she was looking for in Orlando, we may have had second thoughts. When we consider our life, when we consider that at the same time I was applying to, to leave campus in Orlando, I was doing this, this, we would have probably had some second thoughts. Just be honest. But guys, we are so happy to be here. Amen. Because we follow what God wanted us to do. Amen. You know, sometimes we can be in those situations where God is closing doors and we're like, oh, what does he hate me? <laughs> 
That's just what he does to help you out. To make you crystal clear about where you need to be. And the fact that he is your shepherd and you should be following him. Him. Some of us, we desire certain jobs now. I want to encourage you. Pray about it. Really pray about it. Because it may not be what God wants for you. Some of us are thinking of doing different things in our lives. Pray about it. Fast about it. Because it may not be what God wants for you in your life. You know, sometimes I think we hold God to a trust deadline. Where we we give God a deadline on how long we're going to trust Him before He's written off. Sometimes we think, you know, sometimes it's like, I'll I'll trust you for this long, and after that, I'm moving on. (laughs) I'm going elsewhere because, look, I've been trusting you for a long time for this specific job in this specific building, this specific city, with specific, specific, specific stuff. (laughs) And it's been too long, so I'm moving on. Meanwhile, God chooses the places you need to be. God chooses where you need to live. God chooses what you need to do with your life. But we just feel like we just know it all, right? And look, God, I'm giving you till Monday, then I'm done. I'm moving on. Just can't wait long enough. Psalm 27, verse 14. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Psalm 130, verse 5, says, I wait for the Lord. My whole, what does it say? My whole being. My whole being, everything in me is going to wait for the Lord. And at the same time that I'm doing that, in his word I put my hope. That's waiting. As long as possible with your whole being. You know, one of the biggest things I think many of us are waiting for, or I should say our singles ministry, you guys know what's coming, right? Is a husband or a wife? How long do you have a timeline? Mm. <clears throat> have you given God your timeline or your deadline and say, God, it has to happen by this time or else? The Bible says, wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord and take heart. Wait for the Lord and put your hope in his word. Sometimes I think one of the biggest things that gets in the way of what we accomplish, whether it be as a church or as individuals, is our lack of patience. 
But we just need to wait our lack of hope, our lack of faith. God rewards your waiting. God rewards you putting your hope in Him while you wait. <clears throat> and not just walking around thinking, man, this ain't happening. Why isn't this happening? That's not how the Bible calls us to wait. Another thing about a shepherd is that a shepherd is like a father or like a mother, someone who tenderly provides, tenderly provides for and protects the ones under their care. You know, pop culture gives us many uh, examples of imperfect but admirable fathers who demonstrate love in action, right? Anyone has not seen Stranger Things? I'm not going to say anyone who has seen it, who have not seen it. Okay. All right. All right. Because I don't want to have any, you know, I don't want to spoil it for you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Spoil it. I don't <laughs> but the thing about it is that, you know, one instance is this relationship, one instance that, you know, demonstrating how, how many examples of imperfect but admirable fathers when we find these in pop culture they demonstrate love in action they're imperfect right but they still demonstrate love in action as we watch some of these these shows and one instance is the relationship between Jim Hopper and his adopted child Ella in in Stranger Things and I think it was probably around um, season three, right? I won't tell you what episode because this messed up the whole thing for you, mm-hmm. right? About season three or so, just before the Battle of, of Starport, right? Hopper knows that he has to fight this time. And this time around, he has to fight because they can't rely on L because she's injured. And she is like the, the hero of the show. But because she's injured, injured, Hopper, he's gonna have to throw down. And, when, and then he tells her, I need you saved. Can you imagine saying that to somebody who's so powerful, way more powerful than everybody else in the show, right? And he, he says to her, I need you saved. It demonstrates how devoted he is to her as her guardian and as her protector. That, that even though she's so much powerful than anybody else, he's like, look, I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be your guardian. And he hugs her and he lets her know that she is everything to you. And that he's going to do whatever it takes. He's going to do what he has to in order to ensure her survival, which ultimately requires it requires a sacrifice. Or does it? <laughs> Go watch. Right? And so, and so seeing God, when we look at God as our Father and as our Shepherd, He wants to protect you. Amen. 
Regardless of what the situation is that you're in, he just wants to hug you and say, look, I need to protect you and keep you safe. And you're going to be okay. Yes. I'm going to watch over you. And so this seeing God as a shepherd, it should elicit some emotions of peace in you. Of confidence, of rest, where you're just like, ah, it's not. He has me. Everything's gonna be okay. Amen. Israel understood that God was was her shepherd. A point further solidified this when Jesus calls himself. Good shepherd in John 10 11. But how do you, how would you describe God to people? When you describe God to people, do you tell people that the Lord is your shepherd? Mm-hmm. And that because of that, you're not left in want. In what ways does your description? Sound like David's description in Psalm 23. When you're describing God to people, be it a Bible study or you're just having conversation, do people leave you knowing that God is your shepherd? And because of that, you lack nothing. How do you describe God? You may find it difficult to to trust God as your shepherd. But don't. What is your current valley experience like? What I would do if I were you is I would write it down. Think about your current valley experience. Like, Like you are going through it. Write those things down. And then make a decision to trust in God as your shepherd. Just as a traveler trusts in the shepherd of the valley. And then here are some things that I would do as well. Right? And this should be, to be honest, it will help you if you make it a daily practice. The first thing is, practice regular prayer and meditation. I'm not just talking about, oh, I'm half my quiet time, so I'm pretty. Regular prayer throughout the day. Talking to your shepherd. And meditation. Set, set aside even some dedicated time to pray and meditate on who God truly is. Come on. It helps to quiet the mind and the heart, making it easier to sense God's presence and guidance. And during these times, see, don't don't only go after presenting your needs and concerns, but also to listen to God's voice and direction. Slow down. Slow down. We move way too fast. And if this is something that you want to do, you're going to have to slow down. Prayer and meditation will make you slow down. Study scripture diligently. 
So the Bible is the primary way that God speaks to us, right? And so regularly reading and studying scripture is going to help us to understand God's character and promises. And I would pay special attention to passages that speak of God's guidance, that speak of him being a shepherd, his guidance, his provision. And look at those passages to gain deeper insight on how God shepherds his people. The third thing is seek wisdom in community. When I say this, not all things said in community is wisdom. (laughs) But seek wisdom in your community. Engage in meaningful conversations with each other. Share your experiences, listen to others, and pray together. Look, if you aren't calling somebody and asking them to pray for you or with you on a regular basis, you're missing out. Pray with each other. Often God's guidance and, and his provision can be recognized through the wisdom and insight of the Christian community. It's like we, we, we need to hear what each other is going through. We need help. Many advisors, right? Did somebody finish that? Many advisors. Translation differences. Plan succeed, make victory sure. Yes. Right? Many advisors. We have a community of 69 disciples that you can bounce things off of and talk to each other about. Do you do that? Our fellowship should not just be about coming to church and talking about what we did yesterday, the turkey we ate on Thursday. <laughs> we have all these people in here that we can help each other. Are we doing that? This fellowship can provide supportive confirmation of what you sense God is seeking. Fourth, cultivate a heart of gratitude. How many of us write in our journals, like gratitude journal type things? How many of us write in our journals and pray in our journals thanking God for the life that we're living right now. How many of us write in our journals and we say, despite my valleys, thank you for the life that I'm living today. How many of us thank God and say, there is blood running through my veins. Thank God. I woke up this morning. Thank God. I have food on my table. Thank God. I have a roof over my head. Thank you, God. I got here safely. Thank God. How many of us are writing these things down and praying these things, being so grateful for what we have, rather than continually telling us and telling each other what you don't have? Come on. We have a building to meet in. Thank God. I remember where we were before. I won't call their name out because we're streaming. But where we were before, the bathroom downstairs next to the ballroom was broken with, with in, in the handicap stall. 
So many of our elderly, yes, I remember, many of our elderly had to go upstairs to use the bathroom. We're not there anymore. Thank God. How many of you thank God for these things? We got rooms back there where our children are worshiping God. Thank God. <clears throat> Guys, we want too much. Just being honest, I just feel like we want too much. I don't hear much of the gratitude. There's a lot that we want. We want to see. Guess what? God is going to bless you. God's going to bless you when you seek his kingdom first. Things are going to happen. Which is, which, is going to, which is amazing. This church has grown every year. Not one year since we've been here have we not grown. Talk to some of the leaders outside. And you will say, thank God. It's a lot to be grateful for. Many of you, we have healthy children. Thank God. You guys know our challenge. Right? Thank God. We to cultivate a heart of gratitude. Amen. It helps us to also, having a heart of gratitude helps us to be aware of God's ongoing work in your life. Come on. If you're not grateful, you're missing his work in your life. Yeah. You're missing it. Because we're clouded by things we want or complaints. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know, the other day, I just thought it. The other day I was sitting on the sofa and I was watching TV. And we had quite a bit of Christmas decorations. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I have a remote, right? And I'm pressing it to change the channel. Channel not change. Nothing. Nothing. And inside of me, I'm starting to be like, wait a second, I gotta get up. <laughs> right? Because some of the Christmas decoration was blocking the sensor. <laughs> so now I'm like, yeah. and I'm trying to change it, and nothing. And I'm sitting there like, I have to be like a prodigal son, right? Come to my senses. Talk about the world. That's pretty. That's pretty. It's okay, man. You have to adjust it a little bit, but it's pretty. I'm grateful for how my house looks. I'm grateful that I have a house. I'm grateful that my wife is interested in making it look nice and pretty. Good recovery, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be grateful. And the fifth thing is that I think we need to serve and give generously. I think through service and giving you understand you understand your shepherd who serves who gives serving others and and giving generously 
There are practical ways to align your heart with God's heart. Look for opportunities to serve within your community. Within, you know, within where you live. Look for opportunities to serve here. Look for opportunities of who you can serve in this fellowship. Where I'm going through something, who can I serve? Who can I do something for? Through these acts of service, you may find that you're able to discern God's guidance more clearly as you put faith into action. See God's provision not only for yourself, but also through you to others. Amen. As many times we can we can say, yeah, I'm thinking about God's provision. I'm thinking about him being my, my, my shepherd. Mm-hmm. But you're only thinking about you. Mm-hmm. What about thinking about other people as well? Mm-hmm. Through all of life's values, I think it's important that we trust in God as our shepherd. Amen. So as we prepare for communion, let's revisit this image of the traveler who's in the valley, right? Guided by a shepherd. And this time, imagine that in the midst of this valley, the shepherd, he does something unexpected. He sets up a table. Right there in the valley. And this isn't just any table. It's a table of communion, of fellowship, and of sustenance. And this table in the valley represents the Lord's Supper we are about to partake in. And it reminds us that even in the most challenging times of our lives, even in the most challenging times in our lives, God invites you to dine with Him. Amen. And He offers us this spiritual nourishment and, and fellowship, symbolized by what? The bread and the cup. And as the traveler sits at this table with the shepherd, they're reminded of the shepherd's presence. They're reminded of his care. They're reminded of his, of his provision. There is bread there on that table that symbolizes the body of Christ. Broken for us, guiding us through the sacrifices that he made for us. <clears throat> There's a cup there also, which represents his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Amen. A testament to his unending love and ultimate protection from the perils of life. And as we take communion together, reflect on how God, our shepherd, not only guides us through the the valleys, but also provides for us within them. He invites us to his table to remind us that we are never alone. Amen. That we are always with Him. That His grace and love, they're constant, a constant source of strength and comfort, even in the darkest of valleys. You are not alone. 
Hebrews 13, 20. It says, Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant, brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus. That great shepherd of sheep. Let's remember that this is not just a symbol, but it's, it's, it's God's unchanging promise to be with us, to nurture us, to lead us out of the valley into the pastures. This is a time to renew our trust in Him, to feel His presence, to be reassured of His unwavering care for us as our shepherd. As the valleys are temporary, they're not permanent. And with God's guidance, we will reach green pastures. You know, in that line that we read in Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. That should give you peace. (laughs) The one who both authored and sustains life is your shepherd. God is not seen as so distant or or he doesn't seem distant or removed from our situation. God is right in the heart of your situation. And he lays a foundation for appreciating where we stand with God. Lastly, in 1 Peter 5, verse 4, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Let's go to God. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer, God. We are so grateful for your love. We're so grateful for your guidance, for how you protect us, how you watch over us, God. The Lord is our shepherd. Father, we trust you. We put all our trust in you. We trust that you will guide us and take us where we need to be on your time. Father, we pray that we will have grateful hearts for our shepherd. Grateful hearts for a shepherd that always leads us, always cares for us and provides for us. Father, I pray that as we, we look at the valleys that we're in, we will see you setting a table for us. Where we can commune with you, Father, but also hope for the day for the time that you lead us to be pastors. Pray these things through your sons and
This is our kind of our offering, and um, I had this thing planned, and it's now totally changed because I really, uh, really appreciate the message. It was really awesome. I know it's something that really uh, I have a very hard time with because I want to be the master of my own destiny. I do my own thing, um, and uh, so it kind of made me think of a couple different things. One of the things that I was thinking a lot about is this. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Uh, one time, a long time ago, uh, I was at team camp and uh, pan, uh, painting a picture, we uh, have this time in the middle of team camp that the guys and girls separate and the guys usually go do something crazy, adventure or something, right? And uh, there was this rope swing across the river and you had to like cross a little stream and then use the rope so I can get in the water, right? And um, so we were coming back from that, and one of the team leaders was like, we should make a dam out of this tree. And it was this tree, like full-on, like huge tree that he wanted to dam up the river, and we were like, what in the world? And somehow he convinced all of us this was a really good idea. <laughs> and uh, so we did. So we did, and we all got together, and we all piled on slowly, millimeter by millimeter, moved it over and created this dam, right? And uh, the, the team leader who did this was like, he, uh, me and him butted heads on a lot of different things, but one of the things like he was killer good at was he would take a completely mundane situation and like totally drop the scripture on you and be like, what the, where did that come from? That's really smart. And uh, so that was one of these times. Well, all afterwards, we dammed up this river and we're all walking away and we're all talking about all the things that would have made this so much easier, right? Like, oh, if we would have had this, oh, if only the water had been higher, if only, and he was like, we had everything we needed. Why would God have given us anything else? Because we had everything that we needed. And I don't know, I guess that's what's going to my mind. It's like, yeah, it was really hard and we literally moved it a millimeter at a time. Like it was so tough. But God gave us everything that we needed to complete the task. Mm -hmm. 
And now I'm in this situation kind of in the reverse, right? Where I have this child who can roll over, doesn't want to roll over, has zero desire to do this. And so we put toys just out of reach, right? Like you're going to have to roll over. You're going to have to scoot a little bit. You're going to have to work for it, right? But he has everything he needs. He has all the abilities to make this happen, right? And I think just listening to the sermon today is what I was thinking about because we are in a valley right now. Uh, We are very hard off financially right now. And thinking about the offering, the offering is a time where we are giving of our first fruits. And the only first fruits that I have to give is financially. That is my first fruits to God. And I am offering some of my livelihood to him. And in doing that, I'm struggling because I am having a hard time financially. And this is what we do. God has given me everything that I need, and I lack for nothing. In a time that we have made gifts the most glorious thing, in a time that all we see around us is commercialism and all this stuff, right? Materialistic, like everything. God has given me all that I need. Amen. That's what I want to think about this morning during our offering. God has given us all that we need. Come on. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are an awesome God, Father. Thank you for all that you do for us, Father. Thank you for giving us all that we need, Father. Sometimes we feel like we need so much more, but we don't, Father. You've given us what we need, not what we want, Father. You've given us just enough to stretch us, to help us grow, to help us understand you, to help in so many things, Father. If we had everything we wanted, why would we need you? You've given us this wonderful way to remember you, a wonderful way to rely on you. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for this time and this season, Father, where we get to remember you, Father. Pray that we wash away all the other junk, Father, and we focus on you, Father, and the gift that you gave us, Father. You gave us eternal life, Father, when we deserve it, Father. I pray, Father, for this offering. I pray that it is pleasing to you, and I pray that it comes from open, cut hearts, Father. Thank you for all you do for us. In your son's name, amen. Amen.